Section 11 of Whom We Shall Welcome. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Whom We Shall Welcome. Report of the President's Commission on Immigration and Naturalization. Part 3. Chapter 6. National Origins System. Assumptions. There is a great deal of official documentation as to the assumptions and basic philosophies which motivated adoption of the National Origin System by Congress in 1924. In particular, the Congress relied upon the findings of the Immigration Commission of 1907, which reported its conclusions in 1911, and upon a report prepared by Dr. Harry Laughlin of the Carnegie Institution for the House Committee on Immigration in 1922. These studies were conducted without public hearings, and it is clear that some of their conclusions ran counter to the evidence they themselves include. In the Commission's hearings, the people of America, the scientists, the scholars, the social workers, the clergy, leaders of business, labor, and agriculture, and others, have for the first time had a substantial opportunity to present evidence and views on the validity of the national origin system. The preponderant testimony is that the underlying assumptions of the system are wrong. Scientific and other studies, and an enormous amount of additional research completed since the 1924 Act was passed, corroborate this conclusion. Assumptions Behind the National Origin System The fundamental assumption of the National Origin System is that the place of birth of prospective immigrants is a reliable indication of their possible contribution to the United States, and the likelihood of their becoming good citizens. To those holding this theory, the so-called old immigrants from Northern and Western Europe are better than the so-called new immigrants from southern and eastern europe there are three large areas of assumption behind the national origin system one that there are inferior and superior races two that immigration is harmful particularly to the economic life of america and three that the so-called new immigrants have inferior personal qualities the theory of superior races the immigration commission's report of nineteen eleven sought to classify races in a pseudo-scientific manner as having group and defined characteristics its theory was that all races can be combined into two clear-cut categories the superior those that were predominant in immigration prior to eighteen eighty and the inferior all others an interesting contrast between scientific viewpoints then and now is available. The whole argument behind the national origin system was given forceful expression by a former anthropologist of the American Museum of Natural History, Madison Grant, in a book published more than 35 years ago. He said, These new immigrants were no longer exclusively members of the Nordic race, as were the earlier ones. 
the new immigration contained a large and increasing number of the weak the broken and the mentally crippled of all races drawn from the lowest stratum of the mediterranean basin and the balkans together with hordes of the wretched submerged populations of the polish ghettos our jails insane asylums and almshouses are filled with this human flotsam and the whole tone of american life social moral and political has been lowered and vulgarized by them compare this with the views of a present distinguished anthropologist of the same institution margaret mead in her testimony before the commission she said all human beings from all groups of people have the same potentialities our best anthropological evidence to-day suggests that the people of every group have about the same distribution of potentialities when you add to that that it is on the whole the enterprising who immigrate and those who care more about freedom and are willing to risk their skins for freedom in many parts of eastern europe you realize that any such point of view is artificial and cuts off good ancestors for our great-great-grandchildren we want that ancestry in good human stocks from wherever it comes in the world another comparison of scientific evidence in nineteen twenty four and nineteen fifty two is also illuminating in 1920, Dr. Harry Laughlin was asked by the House Immigration Committee to study the relation of biology to immigration, particularly as it bore on the problems of social degeneracy. His report, submitted in November 1922, includes the following comment. We in this country have been so imbued with the idea of democracy, or the equality of all men, that we have left out of consideration the matter of blood or natural inborn hereditary mental and moral differences no man who breeds pedigreed plants and animals can afford to neglect this thing congressman albert johnson then chairman of the house judiciary committee examined this report and stated i have examined dr laughlin's data and charts and find that they are both biologically and statistically thorough and apparently sound however the presently accepted scientific views appear in testimony before the commission by professor ralph l beals professor of anthropology university of california and formerly president of the american anthropological association he said all scientific evidence indicates that all peoples are inherently capable of acquiring or adapting to our civilization upon this point the american anthropological association has unanimously endorsed an official statement by its executive board but the peoples who have grown up in and been adapted to a quite different way of life that is a different culture to use anthropological language may find it difficult as adults to adjust to new conditions the degree of difficulty will vary according to the way of life in which people have developed to put it in simple terms because of their training and experience some people may find it slightly easier to adapt to american civilization than do others but this difference does not lie in any inherent qualities attaching to a particular group he informed the commission that there is no scientific verification for any belief in inherited difference in the ability of different peoples to be assimilated into the united states he stated that there were individual differences in this regard 
but no demonstrable scientific differences in the group other expert witnesses testified to the same conclusion professor albert grazia executive officer for the committee of research in social sciences at stanford university stated the fact is that the doctrines that were rather widespread about ethnic superiority and inferiority in the early twenties have been systematically refuted by every branch of science that concerns itself with those presumed inherent superiorities of different ethnic groups now the surprising thing is that it is rather difficult to put one's finger on this literature because the fact is so well assumed by anyone of any competency in the field that we haven't bothered to build up a great literature dispelling these myths professor philip m hauser department of sociology university of chicago and former acting director of the united states bureau of the census testified of the nineteen fifty two act that three it perpetuates a doctrine of racism based on unwarranted assumptions in respect to the differential quality and potentials of various ethnic and national groups four it is blind to the historic example afforded by the experience of the united states of the capacity for any people to rise to positions of high social economic and political level when provided with the opportunity to do so in attempting to support its distinctions between races and its belief that some races are inferior to others the nineteen o seven immigration commission looked to individual motives for immigration first it argued the new immigrants came here only temporarily and not to stay permanently however it presented no evidence that the new immigrants were less likely to become citizens than the so-called old immigrants on the contrary its data proved only what the displaced persons commission has since found that the percentage of immigrants becoming citizens increased with the length of their residence in the united states the participation of aliens in the armed forces of the united states in three wars since the nineteen eleven report is evidence enough of the invalidity of the report's conclusions the nineteen eleven report also contended that the new immigrants came here for a less worthy reason than the old immigrants there is no evidence in its report to justify this conclusion the motives which have brought people to the united states have been much the same since the discovery of the new world political and religious persecution in their homelands economic opportunity and freedom's call in the new world history shows that much the same motives and hopes brought the english and scots in the seventeenth and eighteenth centuries the irish germans scandinavians orientals and french canadians in the nineteenth century the italians jews and poles in the early twentieth century and the present refugees and escapees from communism and other forms of totalitarianism the impulse to emigrate which affected people may have arisen in different countries at different times the same desire for freedom which motivated the german refugees of eighteen forty eight seems now to be inspiring the iron curtain refugees of nineteen fifty two all the reliable evidence refutes this conclusion of the nineteen eleven report perhaps theodore roosevelt best described this situation when in his autobiography he said that the term settler 
is a euphemistic name for an immigrant who came over in the steerage of a sailing ship in the seventeenth century instead of the steerage of a steamer in the nineteenth century national policy should be formulated on the basis of accurate and reliable information the best scientific evidence available today is that there is no evidence of any inborn differences of personality character intelligence or cultural and social traits among races the basic racist assumption of the national origin system is scientifically invalid the theory of economic harm the earliest arguments for the national origins quotas relied heavily upon predictions of economic harm likely to develop from immigration in chapter two the commission discusses the economic aspects of immigration the evidence not only repudiates the theory of economic harm but actually shows that immigration is economically desirable and necessary for the united states in the arguments of forty years ago various reasons were adduced to support the nineteen eleven report's conclusions one that a larger percentage of the new immigrants were unskilled labor this was not substantiated in the report two that the new immigrants pushed the old immigrants out of the labor force by lowering the conditions of labor this was not substantiated by evidence before the nineteen o seven commission Perhaps the best proof of the continuing unsoundness of this reason is the present attitude of organized labor in urging an increase in the number of immigrants to be permitted to come into the United States, and in recommending the abolition of the national origin system. 3. That immigrants weakened labor unions. The history of organized labor in America proves that this was not true then or since. 4 that immigration increased the number of industrial accidents there was no objective evidence to support this reason five that the new immigrants created no new industries this is clearly erroneous in the light of the contributions by immigrants to the development of the american economy six that immigration caused or aggravated unemployment during depression the 1911 report contained no proof to support this reason. On the contrary, Chapter 2 of this report reviews evidence which indicates that there is no relationship between immigration and unemployment. Whatever may have been the situation caused by unrestricted immigration in 1911, immigration of the size contemplated by this commission cannot be a factor in aggravating unemployment or depressions. 7 that the new immigrants did not go into agriculture to an extent this was true but it was an incident of the industrialization of the united states and of the demand for services in commerce and industry rather than an indication of national and racial differences generally speaking the evidence before this commission shows that a reasonably limited amount of immigration would have no adverse effect and that on the other hand there would be considerable economic gains and advantages to be derived from such immigration the theory of inferior personal qualities in this area several factors were constantly discussed by supporters of the national origins theory one 
it was stated that illiteracy was greater among the new immigrants than among the old immigrants and that this was due to inherent racial capacities all reliable evidence shows that illiteracy is more closely related to opportunity than to any other single factor the literacy of persons admitted under the displaced persons act showed a surprising degree of similarity to that of the american people as a whole the theory of inherent racial tendencies to illiteracy is completely disproved by the one hundred years experience of the american public school system which shows that there are no substantial differences in the capacity of different groups to be educated and americanized two it was alleged that there was more criminality among the foreign-born than among the native-born this is not true when the nineteen o seven commission turned to the only existing source of information the census report on prisoners it discovered that immigration has not increased the volume of crime to a distinguishable extent if at all that the percentage of immigrants among prisoners had actually fallen between eighteen ninety and nineteen o four and that native americans exhibited in general a tendency to commit more serious crimes than did the immigrant similar conclusions emerge from the studies of criminality during the past twenty-five years as to the total inclination to crime president hoover's national commission on law observance and enforcement the so-called wickersham commission found in nineteen thirty one that the foreign-born committed fewer crimes than the native-born in proportion to their respective numbers in the total population the best available scientific information indicates that criminality has no direct relationship to racial or ethnic affiliations three the nineteen o seven commission's data and conclusions relating to the evidence of insanity showed that no objection could be made to the new immigrants on that ground in summary it would appear that there was no reliable evidence that new immigrants were inferior to old immigrants in terms of personal qualities assimilation of immigrants it is natural and proper to be concerned about the assimilability of new immigrants the preponderant weight of testimony before the commission was to the effect that immigrants have made a satisfactory adjustment to the american scene helen m harris testified on behalf of the national federation of settlements and neighborhood centers a group of social institutions which has had first-hand experience for more than sixty-five years with immigrants from almost every country of the world miss harris testified that her organization has found no essential difference in the capacity of different groups to assimilate the question of assimilability of new immigrants has arisen at every stage of our history even before our own revolution some people already here were complaining about the strange newcomers from scotland and germany and of course during the revolutionary war there was serious complaint against the more recent immigrants from england who were loyal to that country before the civil war there were fears that irish and germans would never be assimilated these complaints were similar to those before world war i that the southern and eastern europeans could not be assimilated each new group or category of immigrants evoked fear that they could not assimilate but none the less with the passage of time each of the various succeeding groups became full participating members of the american community 
distinguished witnesses who testified before the commission made this point on various occasions dr carl whitkey dean of the graduate school of western reserve university cleveland ohio who is an eminent historian on american immigration testified as follows now the other point i want to make is that many of the things that were said in later years in criticism of the italian the pole the czech and so on on the ground that they were an unassimilable group and represented a very foreign custom and ideology they were all said a hundred years ago about these so-called representatives of the older immigration group let me again pick the irishman by way of example because i think of no immigrants who more quickly became a one hundred percent or three hundred percent american than the irishman but in the eighteen fifties and eighteen hundreds if you read the newspaper comments and all the literature you will find that the irish immigration which came in such terrific volume alarmed the old-time americans the irishman spoke a peculiar brogue and he had a peculiar dress he was forced to live in the slum tenements in the garrets and in the cellars and the irish shanty towns developed in all our big cities he was charged with being intemperate and loving liquor too much or being a kind of boisterous riotous person he was depressing the labor standards of the average american a lot of the americans said here we have an unassimilable group here in america more interested in its homeland in its foreign church and so on than in becoming good americans i select this simply to indicate that within a short time these irishmen who came out of the garrets and the cellars and the slums rose up in the scale socially economically politically to become as enthusiastic and patriotic americans as any native yankee who had come over on the mayflower the whole political situation was introduced a hundred years ago much as you have heard it introduced today. my whole point in saying these things is to emphasize the fact that if you take the broad historical point of view i have heard nothing said by way of criticism of more recent immigrants that cannot be duplicated from the record as to what has been said about older immigrants of more than a century ago but who in due course and with a proper american attitude towards them became quickly assimilated and represented an excellent economic and social contribution to this developing america the national origin system is based on false assumptions unsubstantiated by physical science history sociology economics or anthropology the commission found substantial evidence to corroborate the senate judiciary committee statement that many of the considerations which lay behind the passage of the national origins quota law have now become of little significance the commission recommends therefore that since the basis of the national origins system is gone the system itself should go end of section 11 recording by maria casper